Welcome to Gut Wisdom, a show about work, life, and how to succeed in both. It's radio that resonates. Now, here are your hosts, Deirdre Koppelman and J.G. John Gassman. Respect is an interesting concept, and even though we all want to be respected, we're just beginning to learn how the lack of respect in our workplaces has had much more serious consequences than any of us may have thought. Sexual harassment and discrimination in our workplaces is at epidemic proportions, and it's not limited to women. So is the cure learning or relearning how to respect one another, J.G.? I think the answer is going to be yes, and I'd also add to that that there are a couple of other very basic human needs that we want to feel and think about as we go to work. We want to feel safe. We want to be safe, both mentally and physically, as well as we want to work in a place that's enjoyable, not just merely merely tolerable. You know what I mean? Totally, J.G., and it's not so much of a stretch to connect incidents of seemingly minor disrespect to a workplace where sexual, racial, or other types of harassment and discrimination may thrive. Mm -hmm. So listeners, tonight we're going to tackle a very complicated landscape that we're seeing in workplaces today. And it may be the workplace that you work in. And it's all about the breed of sexual harassment and discrimination today. Yeah, it's rampant. And, you know, as I said before, JG, it's not just limited to women. And I think there's, um, you know, this whole Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. which obviously has exposed so much. Uh, There's also a Men Too movement, which I'm very happy to hear about. We'll talk about that more. So listeners, stay tuned for a great show. This is Gut Wisdom, only on WCBS News Radio 880. More drive time traffic. A collision approaching the Tappan Zee Bridge. More often. Triborough Bridge is the problem. Weekday mornings and afternoons on WCBS 880. You're never more than five minutes away from the latest traffic news. A lot of volume across the upper level now at the uh, GWB. When you need to know, we've got you covered. Inbound Midtown Tunnel, there's a stall past the tolls. Traffic and weather together, plus the new bridge and tunnel update. Only on New York's traffic station. WCBS News Radio 880. A recent poll in the Wall Street Journal found that 48% of women said that they had personally experienced sexual harassment at work. And 41% of men in that survey said they'd witnessed sexual harassment occur in their workplace. Yet, get this, despite the large volume of complaints filed with the EEOC, most employees who experience harassment don't report it. Wow. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co-host, John Gassman. What's up, JG? Wow. I, I'm I'm floored by the statistic. You know, there's so much out there. I, I was reading that about 72% of sexual harassment charges filed with the EEOC included allegations of retaliation. I thought these numbers were just so over the top. Mm-hmm. So we have a special guest tonight in studio Dave Friedman, who is the Vice President of Human Capital Management at Core Solutions. Yes, and Dave joined us a couple of times before uh, with us on Gut Wisdom for our, I don't know if our listeners remember, but you can always download this. We had a two-part episode back in 2017 where we talked about emotional intelligence and social media, uh-huh. and, and Dave led that for us as well. So welcome back, Thank Mr. Friedman. Great to be back. Mr. Friedman. We're so happy you're here. Wow, we always have jingles going on here. This is always a fun time. Absolutely. So I have a question for you, as we always like to begin with a question. So, Dave, 
you've evaluated and you've written sexual harassment policies for I don't know how many employers, and you've also investigated sexual harassment and discrimination claims. Could you tie these issues directly to the lack of respect we have for one another? Absolutely. You know, there's a uh, a, a quote going around by uh, – this is somewhat well-known, at least in, in the circles I guess I, I'm in, by Sharon Masling. She's the chief of staff for the, the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Council. Uh, and she said that incivility is a gateway drug to harassment. Ooh. Incivility as a gateway to Sexual harassment? Absolutely. You know, what, what wow. she's getting at, you know, if you if you think about yeah. it, it's sort of at two levels. One, you have an individual level where a person who is uh, not very civil, disrespectful in the workplace, that is a person that is probably more prone to uh, behaviors that might be that might lead them to, to doing sexual harassing type of behaviors. Intentional or unintentional. Uh, intentional or unintentional. Right. And, and also, if you look at it from an organizational perspective, an organization that allows for uh, uncivil, for disrespectful behavior is an organization that may allow for sexual harassing behaviors as well. And this is like, this is running rampant now in the news, this whole Me Too movement and, you know, everything you're reading about, you know, from discrimination Mm -hmm. to harassment. Uh, it, 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 it's huge. I, I, when we talked about the statistics earlier, I was like, really, that's it. I thought it was even higher. And I think the, the statistics are even higher now that this has come to the forefront. Well, it's interesting that it took, you know, the explosion of some, you know, well-known public figures, Harvey Weinstein, you know, name a few to get a lot of people to, to come forward, come forward. Yeah. Yep. The fact is, it's been happening not only in these big organizations and, and with people that are so well-known. It happens in small businesses all over the world. This is, not, this is not limited to. So the fact that it's out in the open, you know, is great. And Dave, I'd be curious, just going back to this incivility, sure. this lack of respect, and that kind of trait leading more towards somebody who would be inclined uh, right. to obviously create some sexual harassment issues. You t- you once shared something about a pyramid of uh, aggression. Mm-hmm. Can you share that a little right, bit? Right, absolutely. You know, so if you if you picture a pyramid and you start building that pyramid for the bottom, mm-hmm. from the bottom, and so you're you're talking about uh, kind of a foundation of disrespect, right? So at the bottom of this pyramid, you might have things as simple and as uh, seemingly inconsequential as eye rolling, <clears throat> excuse me, or condescending behavior, or just ignoring someone, right? As you start building up that pyramid, you have maybe more intimidating type behaviors like uh, invading someone's space, giving them angry looks, right? You, from there, it's not, a far, it's not a far leap to threatening behavior, mm. and, uh, it, which, could be, which could be just throwing something in the mm-hmm. workplace, whether mm-hmm. it's to hurt someone or not, uh, or, or threatening someone's reputation, right? And you keep going up this pyramid, and eventually you could be in a situation where you even have aggression, physical assault, uh, whether that be sure. extremely verbal uh, or assault or, or physical or written. Right. Know. I mean, we've all read where, you know, sometimes uh, the estranged employee comes back uh, sure. with uh, with the intent to harm. And then, of course, there are the employees who are still employed who are allowed, as you mentioned before, Dave, where the company is... Uh, Either they don't know or their their tolerance for it is just a, a little lame. 
because right. there is a lot of aggression in workplaces. There are a lot of bullies. Can Absolutely. I ask a, can I ask a question? So sure. Year, years ago, we we had a, a friend of the family. He ran. Uh, I don't know if it was a, an employment agency or an executive recruitment firm, and unfortunately, he found himself in a precarious situation uh, by way of being on the front page of a, of a major uh, newspaper, a major tabloid. And what got him there was um, comments, just words, mm -hmm. that he used with an employee. They were negative. They were derogatory. Um, I can't repeat them on the air. I, sure. I'd be shunned. I'd be penalized uh, and thrown off the air. But, you know, I mean, there was verbal abuse. Does that fall under this umbrella oh, of yeah. discrimination, sexual harassment? Absolutely. Abs you know, the, the, I, I would venture to say that the vast majority of sexual harassment that occurs in workplaces has nothing to do with physical actions at all. It's it's verbal. It's written. Uh, it's threatening people's livelihood. What, uh, what about jokes? I mean, sure. sometimes you know, I, I, I've we we've seen this with bully bosses, uh, ex especially with bully bosses, where you know they're, they're joking around. You know, they're being playful. Yet, you know, from the other person's perspective, they don't feel that they're joking. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, th this is a tough subject to get into, joking, right? Because you think, what, well, I'm not allowed to say any jokes in the workplace, right? right. And uh, sh even the EOC says, look, you know, one comment, one joke here and there doesn't necessarily make for sexual harassment. But, you know, so an isolated instance. But, but if you're looking at uh, the overall frequency of jokes, let's say, the severity of those jokes, mm -hmm. then you could be setting uh, setting up for an atmosphere that is rampant with sexual harassment. So you've done a lot of investigations for the firm, and uh, you've been inside of companies. What are the things to look for? What should we be mindful of? What should employees be sensitive to? Absolutely. You know, there, there are various signs of a, a workplace that might be... Uh, not Hostile? necessarily even yet a sexual harassing type workplace, but a, a workplace that isn't very respectful. Uh, for instance, you know, if you look mm. at a team of people and there's always maybe one person or two people uh, that are always excluded, mm. whether it be from actual work or maybe it's, Ooh. you know, in the lunchroom, mm -hmm. right? That is, is that is a potential sign that there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And that might be that might be racial, that might be gender based. It may have nothing to do with it. It may just be that there's a person that's maybe there's a person that's a little more quirky than everybody else. Right. So isn't it <clears throat> I correct me if I'm wrong, if there's perceived discrimination, right? So in that scenario, if I'm one of the people left out at the lunchroom for some reason, and maybe that happens more than once, maybe it's not intentional. But if I perceive that to be as if I'm being discriminated against, that's really enough for me to create a claim that says, I believe I'm being discriminated against because I'm a woman. I'm this, I'm that, or whatever. Right. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. And now it doesn't mean that you're necessarily correct. Right. But does it matter? No, because, because anybody at that, at that point there's exposure, right? Well, there's... right, because at the end of the day, anybody can bring a claim for any reason whatsoever, and right. you and I know that, you know, hands down, we've seen claims, listeners, that, um, and we take each one seriously. Obviously, you have to. You have, you have, to. to. you have to believe that what the person is claiming is true, 
Um, but upon investigation, sometimes you learn that, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit later, that they actually may have participated in the joking, for example. Right. Um, mm. it, you know, you can't, the fact of the matter is, is that anybody can sue for anything, period. So what's the best insurance policy? And I think it might be, going back to where we started here, is having a respectful workplace. Right. How do you train, how do you train people? Or retrain people. We all want to be respected. Yes, JJ. You know, I was just I was going to interject the importance of having policies and procedures. Sure. Right. However, you know, you go, you start a job. What do they? How do they train you? They give you a book. Yeah. And and then what do they say? Please sign sign, sign the last this page, page so that we yeah. we know that you received it. Right. And and that's it. And where does the book no. go? It goes in the desk until you're terminated or right. you're fired. And they said we need back all of our our materials, including our employee handbook. And you're like. Did they ever give me one? I don't remember ever getting one. But meanwhile, that's, I think, the biggest problem is that companies are not doing adequate training and creating awareness. I would add for to their, that. For, I would add to ahead. that. Go ahead. In addition to, you know, come in, you start, you sign the back of your handbook. Nobody really looks at it again other than what's my PTO and, you know, things like that. Companies are very, so you're right, JJ, lack of training, lack of policy, lack of training. There's also something else. It's their focus. The focus is always on what? What if, what if, what do I give up? What? What do leaders, what do business owners, what do managers, what is everybody always focused on? Well, compliance, profit. the bottom line. The bottom line, profit. Exactly. They're not necessarily focused on the behaviors of the people that are there. They may be aware uh, that certain people sort of don't always behave the way you want them to, but that's, they, we're all trained to focus on one thing. External factors, profit, money, cash, right. them sure. in the bank. Right. But meanwhile, we should be focusing on the internal right. client, which is the employees. Right. right. So how are we evaluating the behaviors? One, right? Are we trained to evaluate behaviors properly? What are we doing when we either see inappropriate behavior or we're told somebody comes to us and says, you know, so-and-so says jokes all the time. And, you know, I may laugh along, but the truth is I find it really offensive. Mm. Where's the training on observing the behaviors and what do you do when, when you're either told or you observe the behaviors? Because we can no longer today put this under the rug. We're done. Listeners, yes. I'd love to hear from our listeners what they think and what goes on in their workplaces. So send us an email to dkgutwisdom.com or post something on Facebook. But you may you have to be careful with what you post nowadays because well, you know, yeah. your employers watch all of this. Well, some <laughs> do, some don't, some will, some won't. How does that go? JG? I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you this. So Dave, who's a uh, who's really a workplace expert, and he's got all kinds of credentials. He's come up with uh, we like to call them Dave's workplace wisdoms. Ooh, okay, with a Z, with a Z that have everything to do with not only <laughs> harassment but hostile workplace environments and discrimination, and how you can make sure that a you're not behaving in a way that might be offensive, Ooh. where you could be sued. Because by the way, employees can be sued. So if you'd like a copy of Dave's workplace Workplace Wisdoms, email me, 
at dk at gutwisdom that's with a z.com not while you're driving we're coming back with dave stay tuned introducing play.it a podcast network like no other at play.it you can hear your favorite wcbs features on demand in the wcbs eye on politics i'm pat farnack with the wcbs health and well-being report i'm steve greenberg talking about your next job hear those and more from wcbs when you need it plus great content from other cbs stations for the best in news sports business and tips for your lifestyle Go to play.it today. The Me Too movement and now the Men Too movement is exposing what so many of us have kept to ourselves for years. Fears of retaliation, embarrassment, and guilt are just a few reasons why sexual harassment and discrimination aren't being reported. So, everybody, I'm John Gassman, a.k.a. JG, here with your Gut Wisdom host, Deirdre Koppelman. Hey there. So good to be here. And joining us tonight is David Friedman, our colleague and workplace expert. Woo! Welcome back, David. Thank you. King Great to be David. here. Yeah, King we're so David. happy that you're here because we know you are the voice of reason for both JG and <laughs> And what reason myself. is that exactly? <laughs> well, you have so much knowledge and number one, you have such a kind heart. Two oh, and three, you have a very calming way about you. So it's uh, well, it's you. wonderful to have you here. It's great and, being and here. And you know what people don't, and I'm going to share something very personal about Dave. Uh-oh. You know, Dave is a chef. You know, yes. he knows how to cook up a storm. Yes. And he takes the ingredients and he mixes them up and he comes up with some really unique things. And we have... What is it? Dave's workplace wisdoms. Yep. So he's mixed up a whole bunch of things <laughs> for all of our listeners. Yes. And he put them into, you know, quote unquote, his recipe list, book. His recipe book. Right. And now he's going to share his amazing recipes with oh, us. Oh, there we go, tonight. Dave. We're taking your workplace wisdoms and we're putting them in a gut wisdom recipe book. All right. For ah, successful. There we go. We just created that, cultures. listeners. <laughs> we just created that for you, listeners, right here. This is innovation right on the air. There you go. So, Dave, before the break, we were talking a little bit on uh, the relationship or the correlation between a respectful workplace and sexual harassment. So, if you don't mind, for all of us, our listeners, let's just define first what is sexual harassment because I want to be clear, right? Because some of us have ideas that it's very overt. Some of us think it could be anything or anything in the middle. What is it? What is? Let's define it. What is sexual harassment? Sure. Sexual harassment is, uh, you could call it unwelcome or uh, offensive conduct, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, toward a person because of their sex, their sexual orientation, uh, even their gender identity. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that's sexual harassment. I also like to define uh, in a bit of a separate bucket, sexual discrimination, which is now Ooh. what you're talking about are uh, a, a tangible employment, uh, let's call them changes or adverse effects that uh, you might take upon an employee once again, based on their gender. Give us an ex- what's an example yeah. of sexual discrimination? Uh, that uh, a very simple one is really if we get into equal pay, you know, that a woman in an exact same job as a man is getting paid less. Why? There's absolutely no reason other than she's a woman. Mm. What about the fact that this is what was negotiated? Oh, that's a very interesting that's question. That's a loaded question. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Okay, I mean, yeah, let's it, save it for it, another. It, well, it could be a part of that, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there is, a, 
uh, during a negotiation, why did the why did let's say the hiring manager negotiate a lower salary, knowing that there's a man already in this job? It could have nothing oh. to do with your gender. It could have been because you didn't have as much experience. But right. let's assume yes. that everything else is equal. Yeah, so, you know. so does sexual discrimination also cover? Uh, so it's gender discrimination, right? Like maybe right. you don't get promoted because you're a woman or you don't get paid enough because you're a woman. But what if you're a man and you're gay? Is that sexual discrimination? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's an interesting thing. The EEOC, the, the actual laws that protect against gender discrimination do not technically on paper protect against sexual orientation or gender identity. Wow. However, the EEOC has... You can go to their website. This is not difficult stuff to find. The EEOC is protecting people on those uh, on on the basis of of uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. So it may not be the law, but you're going to be held to it anyway. So As you should a, be, right? As you, you should know, be. I, and I was just thinking about this holiday season, holiday parties, things always. You know, you think about having fun at work. You know, we talk about culture and morale, and you know, oh, we got pool tables in our office, and we do all this. Fun stuff mm-hmm. at work. We got the best culture around, but sometimes those fun activities can lead to problems. Sure. And I think about like the Christmas parties where, hmm, you know, people drink a little too much oh, sure. and, and stuff happens. Can you walk us through like a scenario or an example without giving away any uh, names yep. of where stuff like this happens? Fun oh, absolutely. And it goes awry. Where we had a client. Uh, in by the uh, way, they've had more than one client. They have <laughs> lots of clients. A, a particular client, I would say, comes to mind in the uh, tri-state area. In the tri-state area, yeah. in the car business, we'll we'll stick with that okay. as far as identification goes. And there was a particular team in this business mm-hmm. where it, they were joking around all the time, every day, hours. Uh, you know, every hour of the day, there was probably something that was said. That was uh, that would make many people cringe, uh, mm-hmm. if not be just downright offended. Uh, okay. We're talking men and women, right? And at some point along the line, one of the men sued the company for both sexual harassment, uh, as in offensive comments and the like, and sexual discrimination. Because he said that he didn't get as many opportunities, he didn't make as much money because the people in the workplace perceived him as being gay. And I and I yes, this is true. Wow. So so and not only did he sue his employer, he sued other employees yes. as well. Right? Let's so let's be clear. When I say you can sue anybody and anybody can sue, you can bring a claim against people you work with, which I'm wow. not suggesting that you don't if you feel you should, but certainly in this case, it was not only the owner, it was the owner and about four or five employees. Yep. And um, yeah, so what happened, Dave? So you get this claim. Right. We well, ha- it's, so sexual, we... it's sexual uh, discrimination based on perceived uh, sexual orientation. Right. And it's a sexual harassment claim. Right. Okay. So, uh, so we went in and we conducted an investigation. We interviewed. Uh, when you say we, who's we? Uh, Deidre and myself. Paracore Solutions. Yeah, yeah yep. Paracore Solutions. Yeah, we went in there and we we uh, we interviewed a whole bunch of employees, those directly involved, those not directly involved, and what we found, I would say, the biggest 
the biggest outcome that we found uh, in this case was that the person, the employee who brought the suit up against the company and the and the employees was very likely the biggest offender of all. Wow. Yeah. So an instigator. Absolutely. A pot stirrer. More than it. A drama, <laughs> I don't want to say queen, but a drama person who creates drama. I, I'm talking about the, the jokes, the, 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 uh, the physical actions that are, you know, dirty physical actions. Right. The, the, uh, the, the, the written things maybe on a computer screen, bringing right. up uh, pictures of Inappropriate. scantily clad women, if clad at all. Uh-huh. Where, like where was where was the management of the company during all of this? If it was they going had on, no idea. where was the HR department? Well, well so here's well, the thing. Then that's a great question, JG. They first of all, this was in a in a department that was going on, as Dave said before, every day. This is this was their culture. This was they, the norm. They joked around. They were a family, as far as they, they were, were concerned. They were a family, correct? So that was at a a level, right? A group or team level. Yeah. So above them, their managers really weren't a part of it and physically separated. Uh, so it's not like they all were, you know, the upper management worked closely in proximity to this team. This team was just, uh, you know, they worked hard, they played they hard. And, and they were all sort of, um, what would I say? You know, the camaraderie was there. Everybody contributed. So when this, when this employee filed this claim and was suing these other employees in addition to the owner, these employees were shocked because they were thinking, huh? He's Where's been a part of this from? the yeah. whole time. He's like my and, brother. Right. Where does this right. come from? So it's um so so you did, ask where the management was. They had no idea this was going did you, on. Did you ever get to the bottom of what specifically caused this person to bring the suit? Did he get offended by something? What was the triggering event? Did like he have a friend, a lawyer who say something like, hey, you know, I got an idea for you. <laughs> that or, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, we don't know. All we know is that he was there on the, the, the front line of offensiveness, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And just wh- along with everybody else. It's not that everyone else wasn't at fault to some degree as well. They're right. Contributors. He was right. right there. Right. And that's the interesting part, too. And I remember when we were in a um, an investigation a few years back at a uh, doctor's office and there were people who you would never know were offended, right? They were in the group. They were, uh, you know, privy to the jokes and what have you, but they, they were truly offended Mm -hmm. and didn't have an outlet. Where do I go and who do I tell? Which is a little different than in some of the bigger corporations like we've heard on the news where there is an HR department, you do go and complain and nothing is done or you're afraid to say anything because of you, retaliation. You know, the retaliation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I'm curious, would something like this show up in like a, a 360 feedback or would it show up in an annual performance review well a, a, a 360 How, feedback which is when you you uh, get feedback from uh, your peers from your direct reports from your man from everyone around you that's the 360 uh, ca- could it show up in terms of that someone uh, did this to yeah. me or that this uh, this person is uh, yeah absolutely uh, most 360s have uh, uh, you know a, a verbatim comment section mm. and people will write anything in those well, I think you know one of the unique things about Pair, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little plug in here for Pair Core Solutions. And for those of you that don't know much about the company, I would urge you to go check it out on on uh, online, www.paircoresolutions.com with the things that they do. I think one of the aspects that makes you guys very unique is when you go into a company, you talk about the importance of 
you know, culture and morale, but you also share the importance of, you know, we're here to serve as an independent function. Whatever you tell us, it doesn't go to the top. Like the boss won't find out who specifically said that. And that way I think you build, when you come into a company, a, a, a level of trust yeah, with well, the employees that mm-hmm. they can share things that they normally would not share. Right. It's really, it's also an insur- it's an insurance policy for the employees because they have an objective, confidential yes. uh, ombudsman, if you would, Great. to speak to, but it also serves as an insurance policy for the companies because you want your employees to have an objective person to go to so that we can mitigate the risk, help solve the problem before it gets to be uh, you know, on the front page of the news. And I'd also add and, and caution, in the news, all of the offenders, if you will, are big and powerful and have, you know, these, you know, it's what I would call, you know, position of dominance and control, right? Position of dominance and control. Okay, yeah. Right. They're, they're high-level yeah. executives. And this, this could the be women or, CEO, right, this could sure. be obviously women or men are can and are offenders. It's not just um, men. So I don't want anybody to be confused, right? This is not only happening by people in position of power, or control or dominance. This could be happening at any level in your organization. And by the way, and Dave and I, you and I were just talking about this. If you have an organization that has a lot of volunteers, okay, your volunteers have to be held to the same regard as an employee. But do they know that? Because volunteers can be offensive, say things that are inappropriate, joke around and do all of those things. And you still have the same problem. Absolutely. Or your employees could offend the volunteers and it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So it's not just about position, power and dominance, although that is when that occurs, that certainly there's that fear of I'll lose my job. There will be retaliation. But I think that that goes without. Whether it's, it's also not just the big companies, too. I mean, we were hearing yeah. about the big ones, the Hollywood right. companies, the, the very large ones, but right. this is happening at all size companies. Yeah. yeah it Did it ever happen to you, Dave? I'm just curious. Uh, no. I know you're surprised, but no. no. I mean, I, I, have, I heard, uh, <laughs> have I heard comments in the workplace, you know, that probably shouldn't have been said? Yeah. Of course. That's before you came to pair, though. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I just want to make clear. <laughs> <laughs> JG, how about you? Well, you never really worked for anybody other than yourself, I mean. So. I, I I assault myself constantly, <laughs> and I discriminate, and I yell at myself constantly time. in my head. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? Do you remember the old movie? Uh, this goes back many, many years in the 90s. It was called um, Disclosure. Do you remember that movie? with mm, um, Maybe. With uh, Michael Douglas. I think so. Do you remember that? Donald Sutherland, Demi Moore, where... Uh, He's an executive. It Demi was a Moore comes movie. in. It, it, yeah, it was all about she comes in, usurps his authority, sexual harassment, makes a claim against, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, you know, I think so. You approached me. Oh, I didn't I want to be so. part of this. And you know that was in the nineties. You know, in nineteen ninety four, that movie uh, listen, came out. This has been going and here, on, and here it is. Now it's only becoming like the front page of the newspaper. Listen, we, we can do a whole other uh, a whole other show on what goes on on college campuses with sexual harassment. I was a victim of that. I mean, it, it, this has been going on forever. But in the meantime, listeners, listen up. If you want to be sure that you don't ever get accused of harassment or discrimination, email us for Dave's Workplace Wisdoms. You can email me, dk at gutwisdom with a z.com. 
More Wisdoms with Dave coming your way. Stay tuned. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. Come on, everybody knows I was only joking around. Everyone is straight at my office, so gay jokes don't offend anyone here. Hmm. We're a small group of ladies that work together, so harassment and discrimination? Nah, totally unlikely. It's the industry. Oh, it hasn't been a problem yet, so why would we think it's a problem now? Well, it's amazing how so many of us think we're immune to harassment and discrimination complaints and lawsuits because we think we don't have a work environment where it's possible. And tonight, we're learning to rethink all of these misconceptions. I'm John Gassman. We're here with your favorite host, Deirdre Koppelman, and we have the workplace expert sharing his wisdoms, Dave Friedman. Yeah, and you're listening Dave. to Wisdom, radio that resonates. Knock it out of the park, Dave. Excited Superstar. to be here. Superstar. So let's talk about some wisdoms that our listeners can use for dealing with bosses or coworkers that they feel are disrespectful. Sure. I, you know, there's the, 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 to start with, the very simple uh, way to handle it is, uh, and, and not everyone's going to love this answer, but is it's address it with the person you think is being disrespectful to you and do it in a disrespectful way. Uh, sorry, in a respectful <laughs> way. Sorry. Start uh, out being know. respectful. Yeah, if it doesn't exactly. work, then be disrespectful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, it's, uh, first of all, do it when you're calm, right? You, if, if somebody, let's say somebody says something to you that is offensive to you right there uh, and you're angry and you want to say something, it doesn't mean you have to say it right then and there. Mm-hmm. You can walk away. You can calm down, take a few breaths, maybe even come back a few hours later and and bring it up to the person. Do it in private. Maybe even practice what you're going to say. You know, there's, you know, for some people, let's say a, a manager says to them, you know, uh, you never make any suggestions. You know, what are you stupid? Let's Ooh. say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the reasons maybe somebody do- never speaks up, let's say, in a meeting, is because all the other times that they spoke up in a meeting, maybe they got shot down. Right. No different than being in a classroom. Right. 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 I want to. I want to. From the classroom. I want to bring something up here. Uh, speaking about classrooms and sexual harassment and behavior and respect, you know, we have to. It is. It is our responsibility as parents to teach our children, okay, as early as we can, how to be respectful to others. And of course, as they grow into the you know those teenage years and even into college, I will tell you. You know, having lost my parents and when I went to college, I had no idea. Sexual harassment, who knew what that was? And I will tell you, uh, I can't tell you exactly the titles of these people, but the first college I went to, um, a very senior uh, professor and whatever, used to leave notes in my mailbox, you mm. know, coupons to redeem for a free lobster dinner. Ooh, I was, eight, ooh. I was uh, yeah, when I just started. Talk you know, about coming on. 18 years old. And by the way, this went on for two years. I transferred schools. Now, me, I was probably a little more self-aware back then also. So I used to kind of think, was it something, you know, was I showing up in a certain way? Sure. Okay. To I transferred it. schools. 
I'm in a managerial uh, cost accounting class. Ooh, Ooh. fun. Ooh. Brutal. And I knew I'd have to sit in front of the, you know, in the front of the class or I'd be lost, right? Like, I know, don't sit in the back of this one. Let's sit in the front, pay attention, bring your calculator, always be on time. I was a good kid, right? And from day one or day two, this professor singled me out. He, he made it very clear. I don't want to know anybody's names in this uh, in, in my class. You know, if when you pass at the end of the semester, I'll know who you are. So he was very intimidating, number mm. one, right from the bat. I mean, really intimidating. Positional dominance? Positional dominance. Mm-hmm. Then we'd be working on a problem, and all of a sudden, my ID picture fell on the floor. This is 30 years ago, folks. This isn't like yesterday, okay? My picture ID falls on the floor, and he looks at it, and he says... Um, uh, what's your name? And the class is silent because everybody's in the middle of working, you know, doing the problem that he put on the board. So I looked up and I said, oh, you must think I'm smart because I was a little bit of a of a wise kid, you know, with a big smile. He said, no, I think you happen to be really sexy. Oh, wow. my goodness. So now I'm 20 years old, okay? The entire class is silent. I am stunned, okay? Again, I'm not, yes, Barbara's in studio. Her mouth is wide open. And so I decided to take your advice, Dave. I decided, hmm. At first I said, I'm not saying anything, okay? And a couple of weeks went on. And so every time I'd come into class, he would say to me, hey, hi, Deirdre. How are you? He knew he would not address anybody else in the class, okay? Now it's midterms. Everybody takes midterms. We come into class after the midterm. And everybody thinks that I must have aced the midterm because, you know, this guy is obviously, you know, the perception of favoritism, right? That perception of favoritism happens in workplaces. This is, but this is in college. Okay. Junior year in college, he comes in and I, and, and of course, you know, you know, he makes more comments and what have you. So I decide I take Dave's advice, even though Dave, I didn't know you back then. (laughs) And I said, you know, I'm going to approach him because I, I really feel uncomfortable. And where do you go? Right? It's no different than being in a company if you don't have an HR department, or unfortunately, if you do have an HR department and they're not helpful and they're not the people you want to go to. So I approached him after class one day and I said, You know, Professor so and so, I don't mind being sort of, you know, the person you want to, so, you know, single out and joke with, yeah. et cetera. But I, I have to be honest with you, the entire class thinks like there's something going on here. You're, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Okay. Do you know what he said to me? Let me guess. Go ahead. Who cares what they think? Well, he that's a good one. <laughs> he said, who cares what they think? He took a big, you know, whiff in and he said, I can't help it. I'm extremely attracted to you. Wow. Okay. 20 years old. Hmm. So I turned around and now I had to play smart, right? This is where New York City, you know, helps. I came and I looked at him and I said, well, you know what? I don't, I don't have relationships with my professors. So maybe, you know, some other time. I didn't know how to get rid of the guy. Right. Without offending him where he would retaliate right. and I might fail the class. I am, this is over 30 years ago, listeners, okay? If you think this hasn't been going on in workplaces, small ones, large corporations, with HR, without HR, it is going on. So approaching the person, Dave, as you suggest, what if that doesn't work? What do you do? Well, then it depends on your company. You know, there there can be other factors. Is there an HR person to go talk to? Even if there is officially an HR person, do you want to talk, do you to, want to, talk to that person? You know, so you, you have to sort of evaluate that. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's if the issue is with your supervisor that you want to talk about that, so you know, and maybe you don't want to talk to your supervisor, 
Is it maybe your supervisor's supervisor? You know, there are hopefully there There's is somebody. someone else at the company that you you feel uh, that you can trust that you feel comfortable with. I was going to say maybe you have to go outside the company at times. You're talking about finding somebody inside, but there are times where you need an outside ear. First sure. of all, you don't always know the politics inside of a company. Who or you do, so, right, or, <laughs> or you, you do, do. Exactly. exactly. And sometimes you need a voice of reason, someone who's independent, who's truly objective, not from the inside, but from the outside. Yeah. Well, sure. we, we certainly do that. And I would say it would be interesting to make behavior. I go back to behavior. Ooh, yes. Okay. Behavior can be evaluated. And why aren't, as part of performance management, wow. why aren't we evaluating behavior? Do you behave like a leader? Are you respectful, right? Sure. Are you somebody who's approachable? Uh, things like that. I mean, there's got to be, because the, the training, so to speak, for harassment and discrimination and workplace, um, hostile workplace environments, you know, these video training, you know, that's a check the box. Don't you think, Dave? Oh, absolutely. Uh, who's who's is that really penetrating? Is that really changing the landscape? Oh, I don't think so at all. So what do no. you, what do you think about training? Well, I think number one, when it comes to training, you need to if you want to make an actual change, if you want to make a lasting change, or at least start to make a lasting change in a company, you actually have to touch your employees in some way, and and I mean that in the appropriate way. You have to be able to to uh, I got to, to touch their there. emotions, right? To to connect uh, to connect with employees at a much. It's not enough to say to an employee, "The company's going to get sued." I, I don't care. <laughs> right? You might get sued. No, I won't. <laughs> right. But if you talk to an employee about the the fact that you care they, them, that you care that that and and to talk about the fact that everyone has. A, a stake in this that everyone is everyone brings the respect to the workplace or not yeah. and that every time you have an interaction with anyone yes. it's an opportunity for you to either build your reputation or destroy it you know i, I want to add dave you've done some amazing work i've seen inside of companies <laughs> and now you're out in the public eye you know there's a youtube channel if you check out Paracore Solutions' YouTube channel, you have a number of amazing short little training videos that people can watch and learn from. Right. We have some webinars. Yep. Yeah. Quite mm -hmm. a few webinars. And I would also add, because you talked about reach out and touch someone, quote unquote, um, you know, we just finished a very, very busy season for us in our organization. And usually I'd high-five everybody, and I'd walk around. I'd be like, wow, this was great. We, we, we made it through a tax season, and this is awesome. You guys were amazing. You're rock stars. And I'd want to hug everybody. And mm. now I'm sitting here after you said, you know, touching somebody. I'm <laughs> sort of like thinking, no, no, no. I'm being really – I'm not no, being absolutely. facetious. I'm being serious. Yeah. That it's like, you know, maybe I don't want to hug the ladies or the gentlemen for that matter and just, you know – Put my hand out and say, job well done. Excellent job. Because uh, hugging them, maybe I'm going to hug them in an inappropriate way, which to me is appropriate. Like, hey, great. Right. So now, now think about that. What if, what, what if you did that 20 years ago? What if, go back 20 years ago and you- it Probably you, would you go hug, unnoticed. You used to, well, it may have gone unnoticed, but now there are people obviously coming forth from 20 years ago saying, oh, I was- yeah, me too. From 20 years ago. 
So start now. And I really think I'm thinking the crux of this is you must start evaluating people and measuring success by how people behave. Right. Because if people behave well, everything else will fall into place. Sure. I, it, well, I think one of the challenges with that, too, is you actually have to value the right behaviors. It's wow. not okay to say, but this person is a big producer. Will you come say. back and do a show with us on valuing the appropriate behaviors? Oh, that's a great idea. Let's ah, do that. How, okay. do we, how do we find you? How do people get in touch with Dave Friedman? com. There you go. And listeners, if you want to be sure that you don't ever get accused of harassment or discrimination or you just want to be mindful of the fact of the right behavior that gets you to be in a safe place and maybe you can even be a leader and have others follow your way of behaving why don't you go ahead email me for dave's workplace wisdoms at dk at gutwisdom.com g-u-t-w-i-z D-O-M.com, not while you're driving. Yes, JG. I'm going to be the first one to email. I'm emailing you right now. I want to be the winner. We always give away there's books. No, right. There's no limit then, on this, by the oh. way. This isn't the first five. Anybody who wants to be better, uh, behave better in a workplace, email me at DK at gutwisdom.com. There's no limit on how many we'll send, JG. And definitely point. check out the YouTube channel that Dave's on and like and share all of this information. Yeah. Look. So I want to give special thanks to our Hosts here, Intercom, WCBS, News Radio 880, Tim Sheld, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All of our listeners, we appreciate all the feedback that you give us, all the likes on Facebook. Huge gratitude. Huge gratitude and appreciation. Mr. For David Friedman. Woo, Dave. Thank you for having me. Thank man. you for being here. And of course, um, let's see, I, we always end the show with a, make it a certain type of a gut wisdom week, depending on you know what the topic was. I'd like to say... Why don't you go ahead and make this a respectful gut wisdom week? What do you think about that, JJ? Can you be respectful this week? Until next week? What do you think? (laughs) You're going to try? Should I start singing that song? Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Go have a great Saturday night. See ya. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. Gut Wisdom comes your way every Saturday night at 7 p.m. on WCBS 880 or anytime at gutwisdom.com. That's wisdom spelled with a Z.